Reading, short and deep. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Eric. And today we're reading short and deep, Jungle Twilight by Clark Ashton Smith. This is first published in Oriental Stories, uh, issue from summer 1932. And uh, I'm I'm a fan of Oriental Stories because it's a sister magazine to Weird Tales. It didn't last very long, but it focuses generally on uh, the East, <laughs> hence the title. Stories of uh, China, India, Arabia... Um, Anything sort of east of uh, Italy, basically. I mean, farther, maybe east of Greece. Um, it, it eventually changed its name to Ma- Magic Carpet Magazine, um, which gives you maybe a more sense of the magical adventures that may have sometimes graced its pages. But um, this is a poem, so it's not, uh, it's not necessarily as eastern, but I did look up all the trees that are mentioned in it, and uh, <laughs> they, are, they tend to be sort of east of east of here anyways so so maybe southeast of here yeah i was gonna say they're they're south i mean these are these are you would find these between the tropics that's right yeah indeed so um i it's short enough it's um just three stanzas that we can read it maybe more than once um and i would love for you to do the first reading if you would happy to um happy to Jungle Twilight From teak and tamarind and palm The heavy sun goes down unseen The jungle drowns in duskier green And quickening perfumes vespertine Alone assail the sluggish calm Narcotic silence, opiate gloom The painted parakeets are gone, the gilded butterflies withdrawn, nocturnal blossoms weird and wan, like phantom wings and faces bloom. In the high trees the darkness grows, and rising overbrims the sky like a black serpent gliding by, neath woven creepers covert lie, unknown and near. The river flows. So, um, I uh, I read it the first time like you did, and I was, oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> and then I, I said, wow, you know, there's something to this, and I read it again. I'll just do that for us, and then maybe uh, we'll get into why it's so interesting here. I'd also like mm-hmm. to, to applaud that choice of on your part, Jesse. I think that it is so dense, and the the language, the the word choice, so um, chewy mm-hmm. that it's easy to lose the sense of the the meaning mm-hmm. just trying to read it. So doing it a second time, that's a help. I look forward to it. Speak to me, my friend. All right, here it comes. From teak and tamarind and palm, the heavy sun goes down unseen. The jungle drowns. In duskier green, and quickening perfumes vespertine, alone assail the sluggish calm. Narcotic silence, opiate gloom, 
The painted parakeets are gone, the gilded butterflies withdrawn, nocturnal blossoms weird and wan, like phantom wings and faces bloom. In the high trees the darkness grows, and rising aurora brims the sky, like a black serpent gliding by, neath woven creepers covertly, unknown and near the river flows. So, one thing you can't hear that well in a reading is the punctuation, and that's where I started to notice, hey, we we got two sentences, three sentences here. (laughs) Um, They're quite complex, so it's not just sounds, it's not just, um, you know, the the individual words, it's the images, and essentially it's the title, Jungle Twilight. The characters in this story are absent, pretty much, unless you start thinking of what's happening, and who it's happening to, and who we are in viewing these things, and then it starts to be really interesting, because it is something that happens every night, but the word choices and the the framing of each of these images is it, it's it's masterful. Clark Ashton Smith was the wonderkind that um, he was he was acclaimed as, I think. <laughs> and I, I I think when I submitted this to you, I was saying check this one out, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I think you said something like, uh, yeah, it, it, it shows deeper the more you read it. Indeed. Can I talk about Please. Uh, some of that depth? Starting just at the level of prosody, um, I notice the rhyme scheme. The stanzas are A, B, 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 A. Uh, it's quite common in English to have an A, B, B, A rhyme scheme. That's called embraced rhyme, rime embrasse. The French use it more than the English do, but it's common in English. More common in English is A, B, A, B. Uh, but here we have A, B, 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 A. In other words, there's an extra line, an extra rhyme line imposed and in, impacted into these, into these stanzas. These aren't quatrains, they are quintains. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that trying to read, which one must do slowly with these um, very powerful words, uh, words using all kinds of prosodic devices, the jungle drowns in darker green, in duskier greens, drowns duskier, right after a line that said the sun goes down unseen the down and the goes with the the drowns. I mean, the the assonance, the alliteration, mm. everything is dense here. And having an extra rhyme or line in there makes it denser yet. So that if you think about what's being physically described, the sun, the heavy sun goes down unseen. Well, what makes it heavy is that we are feeling heaviness mm-hmm. because of the atmosphere in the jungle. We can't see the sun. 
that's how dense the overstory is. Mm -hmm. That's how dense the, the, the canopy of the jungle is. So the heavy sun goes down unseen is actually um, synesthesia. Mm -hmm. We are feeling the sun go down. All we get is a slight diminution. In fact, that diminution is the duskier green, which calls up the, the word dusk, which is itself a, a liminal time between light and dark. But here in this jungle, it's never fully light. You can't see the sun. And the, the title, Twilight, mm -hmm. it's two lights. It's between the two. So this jungle is an enormous proliferation of growth. But the growth is all exotic for us. We are the, the observing presence. Teak and tamarind and palm. So the tea, um, teak is alliterating with the tea of tamarind, but the ah, ah in tamarind is assinating with the p in palm, with the ah in palm. Mm -hmm. Everything here is just interconnected, woven together. And what that does is it makes it impossible for us to attend to everything at once, which yes. is why your impulse and mine to read it again and again seems to me so right. But that impulse is itself mentioned in the poem that mm -hmm. it is the jungle leads to a narcotic silence, mm -hmm. to opiate gloom. Mm -hmm. We just we, 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 we can't hear it anymore. We can't see what's going on. It overpowers us so much. The painted parakeets, which might have enlivened the jungle, they're gone. The gilded butterflies withdrawn, but the nocturnal blossoms, weird and wan, they like phantom wings and faces bloom. They open up in that that in that twilight. So all of that, all of that use of prosodic devices, special rhyme, uh, a special stanza with its own rhyme scheme, it leads to to what? Twilight is a time marker, mm -hmm. right? The day, the night, and it was evening and it was morning, right? It was the second day, the fourth day. And on the seventh day, do we get to rest here? No, because here I go back to your point about the not being able to see the punctuation or hear the punctuation. That last stanza, which is the last sentence, um, in the high trees, the darkness grows and rising overbrims the sky, semicolon. So at the same time, like a black serpent gliding by, neath woven creepers covert lie, or covertly, mm -hmm. unknown and near, the river flows. Flowing rivers always have to do with time. Mm -hmm. Heraclitus understood that. So what we're hearing here is that the river is near. Our lives are passing by. They are going. We are caught. And yet, that river is unknown. That, that word, the creepers, you know, they're not just creepers, ivy. They are creepers. They are something getting to us. Mm -hmm. they, mar they match with the black serpent. Mm -hmm. this, this is an anti-Eden. It's a fallen world. And that word serpent in the last stanza, it seems to me at least, entirely echoes vespertine, mm -hmm. 
in the first stanza, mm -hmm. a very fancy word for evening time, mm -hmm. because we all know Vespers mm -hmm. is the name of the service that you get at the end of the day in a monastery. Mm -hmm. This is a, a rich evocation of not an Eden, but a world so packed with, with nature that we are narcotized and don't even realize our lives slipping away. We are dying in jungle twilight. He is he is so intelligent. I don't I don't understand like how people don't like just jump in joy every time they hear the name or Clark Ashton Smith. Like just if you look <laughs> at the first stanza, we get from teak and tamarind and palm. Those are three kinds of trees, right? Then the second line is the heavy sun goes down on scene, which is amazing because it's going down and we don't see it, and yet we just saw it on the page here. <laughs> uh, that's pretty amazing. But then if you look at it, sundown is two of those words. Sun goes down. Next line, the jungle drowns in duskier green. Dusk, another word for sundown. Next line, and quickening perfumes vespertine. Vespertine, another word for evening. So there's actually passage of time, right? And, and movement, he's saying the same thing over and over again. It is that density. And then the last line, and alone assail the sluggish calm. Now, when I got to the end of this the second time in reading this poem, I was, like, surprised. <laughs> I was surprised, like, oh, there's a river. <laughs> Just like the sun going down unseen we don't get to see the sun because we're in this jungle right i i don't know if i'm a person i don't know if i'm a uh animal in this jungle i don't know if i'm just floating in the air uh, disembodied right but i'm in this jungle i can't see the sun go down but i can infer it's going down because of what's happening this darkness appearing the duskier greenness right and then when we go through and see all the things that happen as the sun goes down. The parakeets, which we thought we were going to be hearing, but actually it says they're absent, right? Which is, again, like the sun being absent. The butterflies, which we thought we would be seeing because they're gilded, they are also absent. And instead, we're presented with ghosts, weird and wan, blo nocturnal blossoms, which are the kinds of flowers that blossom at night as opposed to the ones that blossom during the day and they open up like phantom wings and faces it's pretty amazing and then we go in the high trees the darkness grows well that's what we saw earlier but it's growing more and darkness growing is kind of a seems like an oxymoron right and rising over brims the sky what's rising the darkness okay like a black serpent gliding by. Oh, okay. There's a nice uh, simile. Neath woven creepers covertly unknown and near the... The river flows? Uh, what? There's a, a river near this... This... Jungle? Oh, wow. I didn't see that coming. But if you go about right back up to the beginning, it was there the whole time. The heavy sun goes down. The jungle drowns. And then we have a sluggish calm... And then, back in the third stanza, rising 
it overbrims the sky. This is all liquid metaphors. Then we have a black serpent, we're told. Well, at night, what color is the river? It's black, and it moves in the shape of a serpent. So why am I surprised there's a river there? He told me the whole time that there's this water metaphor, right, for this this image of the jungle. And jungles aren't just a matter of being hot. They're also a matter of water, right? So, of course, there's a river there, Jesse. But I feel like he taught me something, right? He's He's made it so incredibly dense, the actual jungle twilight. This very small image of a very small slice of what a jungle is. He's made it so dense that I feel like I'm in the jungle, right? The actual text is so dense. It's like what I imagine jungles are like, which is full of life. And here we're seeing it absent of its life, absent of images of light, absence of every, all the sounds that we would associate with the day jungle. And instead, we have the image of a jungle at night. And we can infer that nearby a river flows like a snake. I'm impressed. This is Clark Ashton Smith. I'm impressed, too. Um, I would point out, um, I I first thought of this notion I'm about to report to you in trying to come to understand uh, Breton's uh, painting called Song of the Larks, which is set, and you can just see the sun barely over the rim of a of a field and birds in the sky and a, a, a peasant woman um, out there. And I realized that you can't tell whether even at sunrise she is worn because of the life of the peasantry or this is the end of the day and she is worn because of her work that day. Mm. There is no way to tell just looking at a moment, at an instant, at a mm-hmm. slice, the difference between sunrise and sunset. But Clark Ashton Smith here has been quite clear. He doesn't actually show us things really getting darker. right? I mean, he says the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. right? He could have said the sun goes up unseen and done the exact same story. It could have been a sunrise. We could have had, even though it never gets to be full daylight in the jungle, we never get to see the sun through the thick overstory, this could have been sunrise to give us this in-between notion. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't. So it's not simply, I think, that he's talking to us about the passage of time. Sunrise includes the passage of time, too. Mm -hmm. This is going down to the unknown outcome of wherever that black serpent will take us. Uh, this is a, a, a poem about, in a way, the abundance of life making us incapable of appreciating life mm. and therefore losing our lives as abundance brings us ever more into darkness. It's a, it's a spectacular oxymoron. Mm-hmm. It is a poem about death told by the brimming of life. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I, I've noticed this since um, uh, a poem called The House that Lovecraft wrote that I, I'm a fan of. Um, when he looks at, when Lovecraft looks at art architecture, it's almost like a orgiastic sexual experience. He really enjoys it. Here, um, uh, and, and in, that, in that poem, he starts at the top of the house, the sky, and then we sort of scan down. As we scan down the poem, we scan down the images of the house. There's the roof, there's the gables, underneath that there's the, you know, the placards, and then we see the uh, windows, and then we see the door, and then we see the walk leading up to it, and then we see the street. So it's an image going, starting the top and going all the way down. Um, so in this image of seeing a house from top to bottom, I've started to notice that uh, good poets do this. And even in that last stanza, we actually have this water image that he's, he's set up from the beginning um, come, come to us, right? The darkness is the water. And it says, In the high trees the darkness grows, and rising overbrims the sky. So the darkness that starts at the sky flows down. And it, I see it flowing down from the treetops, which we are told, the high trees, like a black serpent gliding by, neath woven creepers covert lie, and then, and that covert lie is great because it's, it's a lie, <laughs> and it's covertly, which is great, and lying is on the ground, and then what do we see? The river flows. This, fortunately, it's so, so brief a poem, it might be worth reading it again if, if we can keep in mind that the compaction that Smith has given us, the themes of life and death, the, the prosodic, extraordinary uh, uh, multiplication of the semantic implications of individual words along with their alliteration and, and assonance and so on, and the extra extra rhyme line in the quatrains, all of which having to do with the position of somebody in the jungle and still not being able to see, not because the, the, the viewer, the inhabitant is endangered. It's not like a venomous snake or mm-hmm. horrible jungle animals, but in fact, we are narcotized. Um, it's, it's, it's more like what you'd expect from T.S. Eliot mm. than what you'd expect from H.P. Lovecraft in that regard. Mm-hmm. So, if I may, one more time. Please. Jungle Twilight. From teak and tamarind and palm, the heavy sun goes down unseen. The jungle drowns in duskier green, and quickening perfumes vespertine alone assail the sluggish calm. Narcotic silence, opiate gloom. The painted parakeets are gone, the gilded butterflies withdrawn. Nocturnal blossoms weird and wan like phantom wings and faces bloom. In the high trees, the darkness grows and rising overbrims the sky like a black serpent gliding by neath woven creepers covert lie unknown and near. The river flows. Beautiful. Sometimes when a poem 
is this dense, it's the very same words that we need to repeat, and yet they take on more meaning. That is, even they themselves are always more to say. Thanks very much for listening. And remember, you can always freely access the materials discussed on these podcasts by going to sffaudio.com and clicking on the link for Reading Short and Deep. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash sffaudio.com.